to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, as usual, Jeff. Joining me this time for sure for the entire length of the show is my usual co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, welcome back. Well, it's it's good to be back, Jeff. Um, I'm I'm excited. It is a great time for baseball right now. Not particularly rooting for the Red Sox and seeing what happened uh, earlier today with the ground rule double, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not. We're going to no. talk about other Red Sox things today. Yes, it, as it, we did last week. Yeah, I know. We're kind of becoming a Red Sox-centric podcast, and for two guys that don't particularly root for the Red Sox, that's kind of weird. It's it's a history thing. They got a lot to say about history. Yes, they certainly do. So let us get right into the uh, the brunt of the show. Let's get into BP first. And uh, I've got some some things, some of which I held back from last week when you weren't here for the for the open. But one thing that I have certainly enjoyed watching during the playoffs here, two players in particular, Trey Turner and Randy Arozarena. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, could these two guys be more like my kind of players? They <laughs> they are fast. They steal bases. Trey Turner's defense really is impressed me. I don't watch him that much because I just don't watch National League Baseball. I know Rosarena is is awesome and, and fun to watch, but, man, Trey Turner is a blast. Yeah. He is a fantastic all-around player. So, as I said, we've, we've already finished the uh, Rays-Red Sox game by the time we're recording this on Sunday, and I just wanted to mention a couple of Randy Rosarena things. First of all, the straight steal of home plate last yeah. week. How awesome was that? Dude, just to try it, just to make the attempt is, is fantastic. So if you remember in the World Series last year for the Rays, Manny Margot attempted a straight steal of home but was caught. But Randy Arozarena against Boston, wow, it was, just, it was a great slide. The shift was on, so he got this huge lead and just took off, and that was so much fun. I couldn't believe it when I was watching it and saw it because that's one of those things that I've never actually seen happen in person successfully, just a straight right. steal of home. So I got I got very excited when I saw that. That was very cool. Yes, you tweeted me right away, and you misspelled steal. And I, I, I was very like, excited. What I is he talking about? It was all in caps, too, wasn't it? It was very Yes, it exciting. was. You said it was a straight steak of home. And I was like, what? He's having steak at home? I don't no, it's lingo. You don't get it. You're not a big enough baseball oh, fan. I just don't understand. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to mention about Randy Rosarena is his home runs in the postseason. He had an incredible run last year, setting records. He hit another one this year uh, in the first, I don't remember if it was game one or two down in Tampa. But Manny Ramirez has the most career postseason home runs with 29. He did that after appearing in 11 different postseasons. That's 493 plate appearances in the postseason, which is good for third all time. And he slugged 544 in his career. In the playoffs. Yes, gracious. Yeah, That's that a... is monstrous. Well, a Rosarena at this point after Sunday night's or Sunday afternoon's game, Randy has 11 home runs in 100 career postseason at bats. Wow. So, wow. I mean, he is on a pace to shatter that mark, but can he keep it up? And also, is he going to be able to appear? in enough postseason games to continue this pace is probably sure. the bigger question. 
still pretty just, impressive numbers though. Yeah, very, very impressive numbers and is just a lot of fun to watch. In other news, a 1911 autographed picture of Shoeless Joe Jackson went on the block last week and it sold for $1.47 million, the most ever paid for a signed picture. I did put in a bid at this and I apparently did not win. Why? What? What are you? I was a little short. I came up a a little short on this one. Quit being stingy, man. Yeah. (laughs) I only went with 1.46 million and I just, I was a little, little short. I mean, this picture was last sold in 2015 for 179,000. And now it has jumped up to 1.47 million. That is an increase of 720% in the last six years. Wow. Now, now I actually have, I pulled this out of a pack of cards, a piece of a bat used by Shoeless Joe. I think that's probably worth like $1.2. <laughs> well, now if it was Black Betty, then it would be worth a whole heck of a lot, but I'm pretty sure it probably wasn't Black Betty, but still really no. cool. It is cool. I was going to use it to go out and actually hit with, but uh, it's, it's really small. <laughs> well, you've got real small hands, so maybe. It's... That's true. <laughs> but now what's really cool, though, about this is, I'm not sure if we've touched on it here. We've we've talked about Shoeless Joe before, not a whole lot in depth, but he was illiterate. He could yes. not read nor write. Uh, he could sign his own name, but he often did not. He did not sign many autographs or sign anything because he didn't know what he was signing. His wife would often sign his name for him as well. So a lot of those quote unquote autographs of Joe Jackson are not actually him. They're they're his wife hmm. signing. So I guess this is obviously if you're paying 1.47 million, I, I sure hope it's authenticated. <laughs> I would hope that someone got involved to authenticate the autograph. Yes, I'm going to guess they did. So I'm pretty sure it's authentic. I mean, I paid a couple million for it. All right, I saw this on Twitter, and there was a study because you know they still use the pitch clock in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. So they want to speed up the game, right? But there were some side effects from this pitch clock, and this is what the study found, that there were fewer strikeouts and fewer walks when there is a pitch clock in play. And the reason they figured this out is because pitchers can't fully recover and use max effort on each pitch. So what they're doing is they're pitching with less velocity but more control. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out. I don't particularly care for the three true outcomes style of baseball. Well, and I would like, I would definitely like the pace of play to pick up. I'm sure. not against this. I wouldn't mind seeing Greg Maddox on the mound every night. Yeah, no, control control is uh, something that is left out uh, in the days of power pitching and power hitting. I'm all for it. Let's bring the, the pitch clock in, please. Let's do that. I am pro pitch clock myself. Yeah, well, anybody that works a baseball game is definitely going to be pro <laughs> pitch. Clock. So right. that led me to a very interesting quote, and this is from Cy Young, and I thought this was great. So, quote, too many pitchers, that's all. There are just too many pitchers, 10 or 12 on a team. Don't see how any of them get enough work. Four starting pitchers and one relief man ought to be enough. Pitch them every three days, and you'd find they'd get control and good, strong arms. <laughs> wow yeah it's not quite today's philosophy no, it's not i don't think that would quite work today either but that was <laughs> definitely back in cy young's day that was definitely a thing though <laughs> so this show is debuting on october 12th 
I think we're done with our debuts for the year. First of all, this is really kind of strange. The last player to make his debut on October 12th, and we have seen this recently where guys are making their major league debut in the playoffs, but the last person to make their major league debut on October 12th is 1898. <laughs> and Henry so, Wilson. A few years back, okay. Yeah, he, and that was the only game he appeared in. He went 0 for 2 with a walk. Mm-hmm. But 1898, you got to go all the way back. I also have a list here of players who played their last game on October 12th. And so there are four players here. I'm guessing most of our listeners have heard of them. Jason Worth and Adam Lind played their last game in 2017. Willie Ibar in 2010 and Aaron Fultz in 2007. Then you have to go all the way back to 1911. So there is another just huge gap, which is odd that nobody's team got eliminated on October 12th and then they retired. That's really weird. Very weird. But what caught my eye was the guy that played his last game today in 1911. It was Charlie Faust. We've talked about Charlie before. He was the guy that was John McGraw's good luck charm and eventually talked his way into getting into two games for the Giants in 1911. That's right. I remember discussing that. We talked about him for a good bit. I remember looking him up. He is actually buried out in Stillicum about 10 miles from me. Oddly enough, he died pretty young, if I remember right, at uh, the Western State Hospital, which has its own uh, cemetery out there. So there's a few old baseball players that are buried out there. I should do a, I should do a remote from there sometime. You totally should. Maybe I'll I can get an to, interview. You go there. I'm going to go to High Pockets Kelly, who's, de- who's buried over by the San Francisco airport. There you go. And we'll you do, can get an interview, man. Yeah, we'll do a remote show. Like, All right, let's get into trivia. Now, Mark, you're not going to know this answer because you weren't here at the beginning of the show last week. And right. who stole the most bases in the final season of their career, and how many was it? I do, uh, do we want me to guess? Uh, Lou Brock. Uh, that is not correct. Okay, it was worth a shot. Now, you're in good company here because we only had a single right answer this week. Wow. We got a lot of guesses, and we only did, though, get one correct answer, and that is from Brian Krause, one of our one of our regulars, who came up with Darby O'Brien. I'm guessing he is uh, probably Irish. Not sure. (laughs) Darby O'Brien. No, he's definitely Swedish. (laughs) Well, he was born in Peoria, Illinois, so not sure. We have Irish people there. William Darby O'Brien. Oh, my. He could be Italian. I'm not sure. But he stole 57 bags for the Brooklyn Bridegrooms in 1892 which was his final season. This guy had some wheels. He only played for six years. He stole 321 bases. Goodness. He stole 91 bases in 1889. But his final year at age 28, he stole 57 bases. That's impressive. That is pretty impressive. He was an outfielder. He died in 1893, the year afterwards. So... (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> that would be why he didn't steal that any more bases probably, after that. Yeah, that usually puts an end to your base stealing. But You that, may have stole one too many. <laughs> there you go. Darby O'Brien. Nice. All right. Hey, maybe forgotten elsewhere, but not here on Two Strike Noise. All right. 
Trivia question for next week. More than likely, neither Cy Young Award and MVP Award winners will have played in the postseason this year. Obviously, we don't get those winners till after the World Series is over. I don't think there are many guys on any of these playoff teams that are in serious contention for the Cy Young or the MVP. Can you tell me the last time that neither the Cy Young nor MVP winner when none of them made the playoffs? So again, no award winners from the Cy Young or MVP race makes the playoffs. Last time that happened. If you know, let us know what you think it is, and we will tell you next week. All right, we're going to let the ground screw come out and uh, put the chalk down, clean off the bases, and uh, we are going to be ready to go. So this is kind of uh, kind of inspired from last week when, uh, when we had John Vampatella on and talked about the 2004 ALCS Game 5. Just an odd thing happened. I, I happened to see some highlights as I was watching YouTube, as I happened to do, and I remembered the 1986 ALCS Game 5. I was watching this, and this was the first year that I was really into baseball. I watched it all year. I watched all the playoffs, and I remember this game because it was the most exciting baseball game I had ever seen. So today, Mark, we are going to go back again into the Wayback Machine, and we are going to visit yet another Boston Red Sox playoff game. This one, the 1986 ALCS Game 5. Sounds like fun. So the Boston Red Sox won the AL East with a 95 and 66 mark under John McNamara. The Angels won the West under Gene Mock with a mark of 92 and 70. Game one was never in question. The Angels behind Mike Witt's complete game five hitter beat the Sox 8-1. Game two went to the Sox 9-2 in another game that was never close. The series then shifted to the West Coast in Anaheim for game three, where seven of the eight runs came in the sixth inning or later, and the Angels came out on top 5-3 to three to take a 2-1 series lead. Game four was another nail-biter with the Angels winning on a walk-off single in the 11th inning, pushing the Sox to the brink of elimination and giving the Angels a 3-1 to one lead. That takes us to Game 5, where Mike Witt is back out on the mound for the Halos, and St. George, Utah's own Bruce Hurst is starting for the Sox. Let's get right into this, Mark. I know you've uh, perused the highlights. If you want to, you can watch this entire game online. It's on uh, MLB Vault. It's a great game. It's a long game, but it's a great game. Let's start with the top of the second inning Jim Rice singles and that brings up left-handed hitting catcher Rich Gedman. Or he almost throws the fastball right by Gedman. Just hits the top half of the ball. And then it's ripped down the line in right field and into the corner and gone. A home run for Gedman. One pitch after Witt nearly had him struck out. Gedman lashes one down the line and out of here. Gedman with a two-run home run, a line drive home run. It looked like it it barely cleared that three-foot fence that's in right field. Like, it's not tall. Uh, but that puts the Sox on top two to nothing. And also, can we talk about Bob Boone for a minute? Absolutely. I, I knew that. I wasn't going to take much to twist your arm to talk about <laughs> Bob Boone. First of all, he looks naked behind the plate. <laughs> his mask is so small, it barely covers his face. It is uh, we. 
and yep. it's it looks like a Yogi Berra mask. Like he used those real like old chunky right. ones. He's also wearing an old time skateboard helmet, like a, a hard skull cap <laughs> instead of like a, his regular hat turned around backwards or something like that. It's a unique look. His chest protector also so small. I think I can actually see the A and the S from the Angels across his jersey under you know poking out the sides of his chest protector. Bob was old school, man. He really was. I mean, we're all for safety here. And catcher's equipment today is so much better than it was in 1986. But, man, you had to be tough to be a catcher back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not just on the knees, man. You were getting foul balls off you all the time, just like you do today. Except now we don't have – now we have a lot more protection. It's been a lot of improvements in the world of uh, baseball safety. So speaking of Bob Boone, the Angels get a run back in the bottom of the third when Boone gets Hurst for a solo shot to left. To deep left field, down the line into the corner. So the score remains 2-1 to one for the Sox heading into the bottom of the sixth inning. Doug DeCenses is on second base, and Bobby Gritch steps to the plate for California. The center field, and deep, and carrying, and gone! Boy, just off his glove for a home run! So he hits a ball to deep left center, Dave Henderson goes back on it for the Sox, jumps up right in front of the wall, and it deflects off his glove and goes over the wall for a two-run home run. Now, Mark, I don't know about you. I watched this a couple of times. That was going to be a home run regardless. It was going to make it over the fence. But Hendu had a chance to catch it. It hit off his glove. He was there. He just didn't make the play. It would have been a good play, but he could have and should have made it. It would have been been a very good catch. And probably should have had it, but yeah, I think it was going to be, it was going to be gone no matter what, but man, it didn't look good. It certainly painted Hendu as the goat. If this does not go the Red Sox way. And if that curse bites them here in the ALCS. Yeah. So the angels tack on two more runs in the bottom of the seventh off of Bob Stanley to extend their lead five to two. And now they need only six outs to advance to the world series. Now, obviously here, we're talking about the 1986 Boston Red Sox. Even people that don't follow baseball at this point probably have, at one point or another, learned about the 1986 World Series between the New York Mets and the Boston Red Sox. So, of course, this is not the end of it for Boston. Let's head to the top of the ninth inning. The Sox are now down to their final three outs. Witt still out there on the mound. This guy was incredible all year. Got the win in game one, and now he's out there in the ninth to start this. Uh, he's looking to go the distance yet again. He goes back out there. He gives off a lead-off single to Bill Buckner, a seeing-eye single pass short, and just listen to Al Michaels describe Buckner as he reaches first base. Toward the middle and by the diving Schofield, who just missed it. And Buckner is really hurting. All right, Don Baylor is now next up, and he makes sure that Buckner can take his time and jog around the bases with this shot to left center. To left field, left center, and Dee Pettis goes back, leaps, and she's gone. And it's five to four. 
Butler has been lifted for a pinch right but I just I couldn't pass up the chance to say Baylor made sure Buckner can take it easy and jog around the bases. So just so you know, so I don't get taken to kangaroo court. Yes, Bill Buckner did not score a run. He was lifted for a pinch runner, but I had to say. It. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so that closes the book on wit and lefty specialist Gary Lucas is brought in to face the aforementioned left-handed hitting catcher, Rich Gedman. This is the only guy that Lucas is going to face. He was a true loogie guy. This was He was a lefty coming in just to face a lefty, and he promptly hit Rich Gedman and put him on first base. Did, not a good time to, uh, to pitch too far inside. No, did, did not get the job done there. So now Angels closer Donnie Moore is summoned to face Dave Henderson with a tying run on first base. Will he get the job done? Running first, this has been a wonderful game. Donnie Moore out of the bullpen to face Dave Henderson. To left field and deep and down he goes back and it's gone. Unbelievable. Of course not. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made such a big deal out of it. Now, this is one of those famous home runs. Hendu gets it and jumps and I'm just making an educated guess here, eight feet into the air. It's one of those times he actually looks like he has got like a pogo ball strapped between his feet. He is... He's pretty excited. That was an 80s reference there that that I was pretty proud of. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he was jumping up. He he really got some air. So as they go to break, they show the Sox dugout. The Red Sox now with the lead. And you can barely see any players in the dugout because it is lined with California Highway Patrol. There's chips everywhere. Ponch and John, the whole crew are there, ready for (laughs) crowd control and the celebration that they thought was going to happen when the Angels made it to the World Series. So I have to imagine that probably had to really piss the Red Sox off a lot to have their dugout full of cops ready to handle a celebration for the other team. Uh, that would give me uh, a little bit of inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it certainly worked for them. It, yeah. It did get their, their juices flowing. So Steve Crawford comes in for the Sox to try and send this to game six, but Bob Boone again leads off and continues his good day with the single. He is now three for three and is the tying run but he's a catcher, so of course he's going to be pinch run for. Then it's Rob Wilfong's chance. Now, Mark, we've had Rob Wilfong show up in Wax Packs Heroes a couple of times, and each time we've said, oh, I remember that name, but that is it. Like, we didn't really <laughs> remember anything else about him. Well, here's something for us to remember Rob Wilfong. It's sharply by Barrett for a base hit. Evans can throw. Jones is coming home. So the play at the play at the plate was was close. It was a real nice slide. It was a good throw. Just didn't get there in time. And two extra innings we go. Neither team scores in the tenth. Don Baylor does Don Baylor things and gets hit by a pitch to lead off in the eleventh for Boston. Did that a lot. We've covered that. Don Baylor does yes. Dewey Evans then with a single. So now we've got runners on first and second for once again Rich Gedman. Now not only is he a left-handed hitting catcher but he's also a bunting left-handed hitting catcher. 
He tries to lay down a sacrifice, kind of. He pops it up, and it somehow lands halfway up the third baseline. Doug DeSensei's can't throw him out. He was playing back, not expecting the bunt. And now the bases are juiced for the earlier GOAT, who then became the hero in Dave Henderson. Can he do it again? But it's not over. The Sox look to tack on. So they still have two runners on and one out when Ed Romero, the Ed Romero, takes a pitch to deep left field where Brian Downing, the big wheel is, and he makes this play. And Romero hits one to deep left field. And Romero, and what a Highlight catch by Downing keeps the runners put. That brings up Wade Boggs. It just doesn't get any easier for the Angels pitching <laughs> at this point. He scalds one to second, where once again that guy, Rob Wilfong, makes another great defensive play to stop the ball and end the inning. But the Sox have that one run lead heading into the bottom of the 11th. It could have been, though, a lot worse. Between the Downing play and the Will Fong play, they really played some great defense that half inning. Otherwise, it could have been two or three runs. But instead, still just one run heading into the bottom of the 11th. All right, so Calvin Schiraldi comes in for Boston. He gets the first two batters on strikeouts. Then Downing fouls out, and that extends the series. The Sox took both games six and seven in Boston easily and advanced to the World Series to face the Mets. A very sad, very sad story about Donnie Moore, who blew this save and uh, really took a lot of heat in the media and from fans for giving up the home run to Dave Henderson, as well as the sack fly. He sank into depression and alcoholism and unfortunately took his own life on July 18th, 1989, just a couple of years later. That's some, some real heavy stuff and a good reminder that Baseball is just a game, and no matter how upset you are at your team, as much as I hated the A's bullpen down the stretch here, never should you be yelling at players and telling them that they're not, well, just don't tell them mean things. Just, yeah, you can call them losers or whatever, but, you know, don't don't get personal with them. Boo them. Know? Do not attack their families on social media or in the stands. It's kind of a thing that's been going on. Yeah, it, it, it's it's sad, and it, I tell you what, I, I read an interview with Donnie Moore's agent. And he said that, that Donnie just never, he never got over it. He was never the same after that. That's really sad. But that was a game. That was a great, great game, which led into, of course, one of the most exciting World Series of all time with the Mets and the Red Sox. I'm really glad I stumbled across that on YouTube because watching that again really reminded me. I mean, that that was the first exciting playoff game I ever saw Yeah, as a baseball fan. That, that was it. And that kind of had me hooked to watch the world series. And that got me even more into baseball. Yeah. That's the kind of game that'll do that for you for sure. Definitely. I wanted to look at the box score really quick before we head into wax packs heroes, just a couple of names that played in this game. First of all, for the Red Sox, you have Wade Boggs and Jim Rice. So there are two hall of famers that go in that are in the Hall of Fame. Then you got Don Baylor and you got Dewey Evans, another one of those guys that maybe should be there. 
And then, of course, you've got one time the one and only Mariners captain, Spike Owen, got into the game. Oh, the Spiker. And then uh, looking on the Angels, really the name that jumps out most at me here is Reggie Jackson. Yeah, interesting. Reggie was uh, was DHing for the Angels at that time, and he, he didn't really show up that game. He uh, struck out three times. He did get one hit, but the uh, heroics of the game were, were up to uh, people other than Reggie. Yeah, well, he, he did get one hit, and then he was immediately picked off a first. That's right, he, he yes. Just an awful, awful I remember game. That. Yeah, he was, they caught him leaning. Yeah, and, yep, <laughs> to end the him. inning, too. I yeah. mean, that was, I, I think it was, he had a long layoff. Uh, he was suspended, if you remember, for uh, pulling a gun uh, out from underneath second base and trying to assassinate the Queen of England. Yeah, that, but Leslie Nielsen stopped him. I remember that. Uh, that was actually Enrico Palazzo who <laughs> stopped him. But, yeah, I mean, I think that that elongated layoff probably really hurt him in the playoffs this year. Well, it was a, he shouldn't have been wearing that uh, mind control watch anyway. So <laughs> Reggie would go on uh, next year to rejoin Oakland, the uh, athletics. Of course, he came up with the Kansas City Athletics, but also played in Oakland. And that was his final year in 1987. But, yeah, I was watching this game and just he did – he, I mean, he could. You could have put a a plant up there in the batter's box and almost gotten as much production as he did. Yeah, he didn't look so good. Did not look so good. All right, so uh, that is it. That is uh, game number five of the nineteen eighty six ALCS going to the Boston Red Sox. And you know what? Next week we're not going to talk about the Boston Red Sox at all. Oh, good good news. I'm calling it. I mean, right. maybe in BP, depending on what happens in the playoffs. But that's it. I had taken all kinds like copious Red Sox notes for next week. I'll just file them away. All right. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for the main segment of the show. It is time for everybody's favorite cardboard and wax-based 1v1 co-host v co-host exhibition. It is time for Wax Heroes. Before we get into it, let's review the rules. Mark and I will both be opening a pair of baseball cards, generally from the Junk Wax era. We will look at these cards and get credit for each player's baseball reference war from the year of the pack we are opening. However, whoever has the highest war total at the end is proclaimed the winner. But there are some qualifiers that can add or subtract from your score if the player is wearing real stirrups that we can see sanitary socks beneath. That's an extra tenth of a point of war because that's good. But if they are wearing the dreaded two-in-ones, that is minus half a point. Noah's Frio. If they have anything around their eyes, meaning sunglasses, glasses, glasses, a monocle, or even goggles, extra tenth of a point of war. If they're wearing sweatbands with their jersey number or caricature on them, Extra tenth of a point of war for each. If that player won an award that season, MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Gold Glove, or was an all-star, extra tenth of a point of war for each. And if that player now has a plaque in the hallowed grounds of Cooperstown, New York, you get a whole point of war because that there is a Hall of Famer. And finally, Mark and I will each pick a team. If we get a player from that team, we get an extra half a point of war. But if we get a player from the other person's team, we minus half a point. Mark... With that, 
Which team are you picking? Yeah, my team, since we just talked about them, uh, will be the Angels. The Angels. California or the Anaheim or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. All right. Well, if you're going with the Angels, then I'm going to go with their crosstown rivals, the Los Angeles Trolley Dodgers. Makes a lot of sense with all the trolleys in L.A. Uh, all right. So uh, I've got these two packs in my hands. Now, today we're going a little bit new school here. We've got the 2008 Upper Deck Series 2. So we've opened a couple of these packs. I thought we'd open up these. We haven't done a, a more recent pack for quite a while. Looking at the scoreboard, Mark, you're on a hot streak. You're up 5-3 to three over me. Which of these two packs would you like to choose for yours? Okay, we're going to go. I've been doing pretty well with these, uh, and I'm selecting the right this right. time. Well, I'm going to let you, as usual, go first. Uh, again, you have chosen the uh, Los Angeles Angels, and I've got the Los Angeles Dodgers. So uh, let's get right into these packs and see what we got. So again, our year is 2008. All right. These are some pretty looking cards, which is pretty cool. Betcha. All right. Now, this guy, I have, he was on the A's for a while. Didn't care for him that much. He's played for quite a few other teams. Here he is with Baltimore. It is outfielder Jay Payton. Oh, yeah. Jay Payton did kind of make the rounds, didn't he? I, I want to say he came up with the Rockies. Uh, let's see. Actually, no, he came up with the Mets. Came up with Mets in 1998. Spent time with Colorado, Baltimore, Oakland, San Diego, and Boston. So, yeah, definitely made the rounds. Retired in 2010. Played 1,259 games career. Good uh, good career. In 2008, it was his final year with Baltimore. He uh, played all three outfield positions. He had seven home runs, 41 RBI, 243 average, and a 68 OPS+. plus. So I'm not thinking all a big number here for you, but it is still 1.1. Hey, it's a positive number. Yeah, nothing on this card that I can see is going to get you anything else. So that will get you a 1.1 to start out with. Not too bad. All right, now, uh, I like this card. Uh, here he is with the Reds, but I like him for many reasons, one of which he is a graduate or at least played at Washington State University. He was also on the A's during the Moneyball era and was portrayed in the movie Moneyball by Chris Pratt. Absolutely. I, I, I can guess who this is. All right. <laughs> Could it be Scott Hatterberg? It is Scott Hatterberg. Boy, I can guarantee you neither of these first two players we have ever had on Wax Packs Heroes. No, I, I'm with you. All right. So Hattie was a first round draft pick in 1991 out of Wazoo by the Red Sox. Came up with Washington, or came up with Boston, played there for seven years, and then joined the A's in 2002, and then spent the final three years of his career in Cincinnati. 2008 was his final year. Only appeared in 34 games, no power, no average, and a 30 OPS plus <laughs> for a minus .6. Uh, there is nothing on this card that's going to help you. I can't see. He's got his pants pulled all the way down. So uh, nothing there. So that is just going to be a minus 0. .6 for you. Interestingly, just one season prior, he hit 310 with a 394 on base. Should so, we start uh, doing uh, what they did the year before? So that would actually only, be the year that the picture was taken, more than likely. Only on this card. 
All right. Well, if you want to know anything else about Scott Hatterberg, go watch Moneyball. I think we've, <laughs> we've hit all the highlights. You can see Star-Lord. Star-Lord <laughs> plays him. All right. Next, we have got a, a World Series legend, really but more with the Angels. Here he is pictured with the Cardinals. It is Adam Kennedy. Adam Kennedy had a, a pretty good, what, 12, 13 years? Let's see. Adam Kennedy played in the big leagues for 14 years. I remember him as a, a, a Mariner. Uh, yes, he was with the Mariners for one year in 2011. He was also with the A's for one year in 2009. The, the last couple of years of his career, he played for several teams for one season. Most of his career was spent in L.A. with the Angels for seven years. But again, he's wearing the Cardinals uniform here. So no bonus points for you. Typical numbers here. He hit 280, not much power, seven stolen bases, 83 OPS. He was a pretty decent defensive infielder and overall a 2.5 war. Wow, I think he's leading my team so far. Uh, he definitely is, and he does have some eye black here, so that'll get you uh, some extra points. Way to go, Adam. So that'll get you 2.6, and that equals 3.1 is your total now. All right, so uh, apparently, I don't really remember this. <laughs> One of Kennedy's highlights was August 16th, 2006. Against the Rangers, he was with the Angels, both teams were already uh, on edge because they were fighting for uh, playoffs. And uh, both Adam Eden and Vicente Padilla had both previously been ejected earlier in the month for throwing at Angels batters. Two Angels pitchers had already been thrown out of the game for hitting Ranger batters. <laughs> wow, so, sounds like fun. Ranger pitcher Scott Feldman hit Kennedy in the butt with a fastball with one out left in the game and the Rangers leading 9-3. to three. Kennedy charged the mound, triggering a fight involving the 6-5 Feldman and the 6-1 Kennedy. As he charged him, Feldman stood on the mound, threw his glove down, and when Kennedy reached him, he hit him in the armpit with a punch. I really don't remember that, but okay. <laughs> I have no recollection of that either. <laughs> we'll have to go watch our greatest brawl. Punch anybody in the armpit? I'll tell you what, I'll take him out. All right, well, here we've got an Oakland athletic. I don't like this guy much anymore, but he's still playing. We've never had a card of a player who is still playing. I don't think we have. Never have. Here he is with the A's. One of the few native Hawaiians to ever play in the big leagues. This is his rookie card, so watch out. It's Kirk Suzuki. Oh, yeah. Kirk Suzuki is a pretty decent catcher, man. So, uh, Kirk Suzuki came up with the A's. First year was in 2007. 2008 was his first full year. As a catcher, he played in 148 games. Wow. In 279, had seven home runs, 96 OPS+. Plus. And all of that equals a 3.8 war. So that will bring you up to 6.9. Not too bad. Remember, this is a short pack. Only uh, eight cards in here. So not a lot of time to make up any bad cards. Here you've got somebody with the Dodgers. Ding, ding. My team. So that's minus half a point right away for you. This is one of those guys that a lot of people think should be in the Hall of Fame. We generally think of him as being the center fielder for the Atlanta Hammers during the 90s and 2000s. But here it is, Andrew Jones with the Dodgers. Andrew Jones, solid baseball player. Can kind of do a little of everything. 
Uh, well, he definitely could uh, do a lot with defense. Uh, he did have some pop. Uh, one year in 2005, led the league in home runs and RBI. 51 home runs, 128 RBI. But we are looking at 2008, where he was injured for half the year. Only hit a buck 58, three home runs, and a 35 OPS plus. Huh. Uh, that equates to a minus 1.6 war. Ouch. Wow. He does have some sunglasses on, so it'll only be a minus 1.5. But how often do you get a, a player the quality of Andrew Jones that has a minus 1.6 war? I have to say it's pretty disappointing, man. I remember when he... he He's one of those guys that didn't he make his debut in the playoffs for the uh, for Atlanta against the Yankees? I think it was in the World Series even, wasn't it? I remember him winning Rookie of the Year. Let's see. So he made his debut during the regular season in 1996 and then went to the World Series and became the youngest player ever to hit a home run in postseason and the second to ever homer in his first two World Series at-bats. Nice. And then he won Rookie of the Year the next year. Wow, yeah, and uh, 10 straight gold gloves, I believe. Boy, with him in, in center field and Greg Maddox on the mound, uh, the straight-up defensively was very impressive. Good luck. Yeah. All right, so you're at 5.4. You have three cards left, and uh, <laughs> it's one of your favorite players of all time. Here Uh-oh. he is with the New York Yankees. It's Mr. Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> well, I might get some stats out of yeah, it. Yeah, you might get some uh, get some points out of this. A-Rod, 22 years in the big leagues. That's a lot of time. Yeah. There's a lot of black ink here, but there unfortunately is. that black ink comes with some asterisks. It, uh, it's anabolic black ink. <laughs> so I am interested to see how much war you get here because... It was a good year in 2008 for A-Rod. He was an all-star. He hit 35 home runs, drove in 103. He hit 302 for average, led the league in slugging with 573, and had a 150 OPS+. plus. That includes 18 stolen bases and only caught three times. That's impressive. But wow. he did not walk a lot. In 2008, he played in 138 games, had 510 uh, at-bats, only walked 65 times. I thought he walked a little more than that in my in my memory, but that's not a lot. You're right. Not a lot. So let's look at this. War is 6.8. He was an all-star, so you get half a point of war for that. So that's 7.3. Now, <laughs> wow, bad look here. So he's got colored socks on and and high top shoes so i can see no stirrups but he does have his jersey number on a sweatband so there you go you'll get you'll get a point for that so that will bring you to 7.4 i'm sorry 7.3 all right we're not going to go into the personal life of alex rodriguez we're going to know just ask him (laughs) we're going to go to your next card this guy here he is with the tampa bay rays I loved this guy. He had a couple of really good seasons, and then he made big money with Boston and L.A. and did nothing and then left the game. It's Carl Crawford. Oh, man. I was a big fan of Carl Crawford. 
he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, and, you know, I was a big fan, too. You know, a stolen base guy, leadoff, outfielder. I mean, he had Jeff written all over it. A lot of black ink here his first couple of years. Led the league in stolen bases four out of five. Led the league in triples three years in a row. On base percentage of mid to upper threes, he hit for average. He was hitting around 300. And all of that, uh, let's see, in 2010 was his last year in Tampa. Then he went to Boston. Just did nothing for the rest of his career in Boston and L.A. Yeah. Made a ton of money, but did nothing. 2008 in Tampa was an off year for him. He did not make the All-Star game. He ended up hitting 273, eight home runs, 57 RBI, 25 stolen bases, an OPS plus of only 89, and that equates to a 2.5 war. Hmm. Nothing else on this card is going to get you anything else. Let's just look at his salary here because it really jumped up, I know, after (laughs) he left. And when you look at this at Baseball Reference, they've got a thing that that says most similar by ages. It goes by, you know, the years in their career. This is some of the players. Well, Roberto Clemente is listed in here five different times. Lou Brock is listed in here three different times of being the same type of player as Carl Crawford was. Yeah, he well, he had a couple seasons or pretty impressive i i can understand that those first you know his his time in tampa was really good then he went to boston and he started making 14 19 20 20 21 21 21 million dollars those last two years with the dodgers of 2016 and 2017 they released him and owed him 42 million dollars over those two years where he did not put on a jersey can i get some of that uh, he was nicknamed the Perfect Storm. Nice. I have never heard that before. Not really a nickname that rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I, I can't see greeting him with that. Hey, how you doing, the Perfect Storm? Nah, not going to work. Much like uh, the One Dog, he started an independent record label. And in early 2018, signed Megan the Stallion to her first <laughs> to her first album. Look at that. See? There you go. Yeah. Where else would you learn something that cool? At, later, he signed a management deal with Rock Nation. That's Jay-Z's group that obviously signs athletes, too. I know Robinson Cano and a couple other big players are repped by uh, by Rock Nation. Megan Thee Stallion later sued Crawford, claiming that he was blocking her from releasing music while refusing to renegotiate or terminate a contract. So I'm guessing they're not best friends anymore. Probably not. You're down to your final card. You stand at 15.2. Now, this is an odd card. You are going to get no points for this. It is a caricature drawing. And it says presidential predictors. And it has a baseball player arguing with an umpire. The umpire is none other than the late Senator John McCain. And the player who is kicking dirt on the umpire is none other than Barack Obama. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great card. I've never even seen that. Uh, I like it because you're not getting any points for it. Wait, I should get like the gross domestic product or something, shouldn't I? Maybe you get 44 
Because that was uh, that was Barack Obama yeah. was the forty fourth president. I don't know. <laughs> that is a great card. I'll, I'll post a picture of that card because that is great. All right, but that ends up at fifteen point two for you. Oh, um, I think it's okay. You got it. You got a chance here. Yeah, we we know how I've been doing this lately. So let's uh, let's see what I can see if I can get a presidential card of any sort. <laughs> well. <laughs> My very first card is uh, somebody that we had in the first pack. The the one that we had in the first pack, though, was a special card. It was a season highlights card for A-Rod. I have got just his regular A-Rod, regular season card. Ah. Uh, well, we already know what he scored. Uh, what was it? Because <laughs> I got to look it up. <laughs> no, you wrote it down. I... Uh, let's see. Yeah, so A-Rod, we already know, had a 6.8 war. Like, your best player, and I just picked him up. That's good news for me. All yeah, right. kidding. All right, so I'm going to start with 6.8. By the way, I looked up your uh, presidential card here. Uh, it gets about two bucks on eBay. That, so might be the, that might be the most expensive card we've ever pulled. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's an Obama rookie. All right, so this guy, we had Kirk Suzuki in your pack who's still playing. This guy just retired last year after hitting a historic home run in the 2019 World Series. It is none other than Howie Kendrick. Here, playing with the Angels, which is your team. So I'm minus 0.5 right off the bat. Well, there you go. Uh, let's see, 2008, a 24-year-old Howie was in his third year in the big leagues. He hit 306. Uh, slugged 421, had a 97 OPS plus, uh, stole 11 bases, not too bad, not much in the way of power, 36 RBI, I'm sorry, 37 RBI, and that equates to a 1.9 war, minus my half a point for him being on the Angels. Uh, he does have flip down sunglasses though, so that'll help me out. I can't tell about anything else there, so that will be a plus 1.4. Or I'm sorry, plus 1.5. So that'll bring me to 8.3. Of course, he hit that home run that hit the foul pole at Minute Maid Park in the World Series against oh, the yes. Astros. Yeah, I remember that. For a while, we were told uh, to announce him not as Howie Kendrick, but as Howard Kendrick. Howard Kendrick. Now, was he the guy that broke his leg when he when he crossed home plate and uh, and and jumped on it one year? That was Kendra's Morales. Kendra's Morales. That's right. Here's something interesting. Kendrick uh, had a one-on-one -on -one collision with Ben Affleck during his rookie season while diving in the stands down the first base side of Fenway Park on a foul ball. <laughs> wow, who'd have known? Kendrick actually made the play and recorded the out. Fans nearby booed Affleck for not trying to take the ball away. Oh, oh, this is good. Kendrick presented Affleck with an autographed baseball for his birthday. I'm wondering, are we going to see uh are we going to see Ben Affleck and JLo in the crowd at at Fenway this year during the playoffs? They're back together now. Oh, good. Man, I was concerned about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't couldn't not laugh anymore. Okay, now how about this? Kendrick is a vintage watch collector. That's an odd uh hobby but uh, it's kind of cool not sure what to do with that but sure there we go all right 
Next, uh, let's see, I'm at 8.3 now after two cards. Now, this one's not going to get me any money. It's a Yankee Stadium Legacy card, which is the special insert in this set. But uh, this guy played in, in 1927. So, <laughs> Bob Musial. Oh, Bob Musial was a second baseman for the uh, and Murderer's Row, I believe, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on those big teams, uh, all of them. Uh, let's see. I'm not sure exactly what this is highlighting, though. It's a highlight card, but you're not sure what it's highlighting? I don't think it's doing its job very well. Well, here we go. He was the tallest member of the 27 lineup. Six foot three. He's six foot three, and he was the tallest member. I often often wondered who the tallest one was there. Uh, clubbed okay, 47 doubles and drove in 103 runs. Let's just for fun look up his stats in 1927. You can have his 08 stats. That's fine with me. Uh, let's see. Nickname Long Bob, Languid, or Silent Bob. <laughs> what? Silent Bob? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. He'd hang, out with, Jay Jay. He'd hang I... out with Jay in front of the, the what was the name yeah, of the, the supermarket? Convenience store the of con- some kind, yeah. yeah. He, they're just out there assuring people that they are, in fact, open. Let's see. In 1927 which is what this is highlighting. He hit 337. Wow. 103 RBI, only eight home runs. He led the league in 25 with 33 home runs. Wow. At, let's see, 27, he had a war of 4.2. I um, thought it would be higher. <laughs> I kind of did too. Those are some great numbers though. Talk about being overshadowed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you really were overshadowed at that point. Man, I guess. Uh, he had a cameo role as himself in the 1948 film, The Babe Ruth Story. Oh, wow. He also appeared in the 42 version of The Pride of the Yankees. Oh, look at that. He's a seasoned actor. Yeah, he really is. And also, oh, wow. 1928, he was in the silent comedy Speedy with Harold Lloyd. <laughs> wow. He was an aspiring thespian. How about that? <laughs> All right, but unfortunately, none of that counts for me. It's kind of funny because I'm a little bit of a Hollywood history aficionado as well. So hearing uh, Bob Musil and Harold Lloyd <laughs> together, yeah. I, I wouldn't have come up with that. That's pretty cool. All right, let's move on now. We've got a national, and I I remember this name. I don't remember what became of him. It's Lastings Millage. Wow, I remember that name too because it was so unique. Notice I didn't say weird. <laughs> I like it. Let's see. Lasting Millage. First round draft pick by the Mets in 2003 out of high school in Lakewood Ranch, Florida. Only had six years in the big leagues. Uh, let's see. 2008 was his final year with the Nationals. Final full year. Actually had a pretty good year. 14 home runs. It was his career year. 14 home runs, 61 RBI, 24 stolen bases. Hit 268, slugged 402, and 93 OPS plus, and that equals a minus 0.2 war. <laughs> Lastings. Well. Uh, nothing on this card is going to help me out either. He then went on to play a year and a half in Pittsburgh, two games with the White Sox in 2011, and then retired. It says here he opened Manatee Intercity Baseball in Bradenton, Florida. And uh, it's kind of like RBI, reviving baseball in the inner cities. Give minority kids an opportunity to learn and, and learn to play baseball. So it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, it looks like he's done some good stuff. After a uh, short career, he made it to these, drafted first overall. Made it to the big leagues for a couple of years. Played in Japan for a couple of years. Not bad. All right. better than I did. Yeah. Now, speaking of Japan, we've got uh, a short, or a, I'm sorry, a third baseman for the Rays. It's Akinora Iwamura. I remember him. He also played for Yakult, I believe. You, you do two Yakult swallows in a row. Well, if that's true, I get a bonus. The swallows bonus. I think that's only fair. Uh, let's see. So, Aki played in the major leagues for four years. He wrapped up with Oakland in 2010 for 10 games. I do not remember that at all. Uh, 2008 with Tampa, he was their second baseman, despite the fact it's his third baseman. He played in 152 games for the Rays that year. Six home runs, 48 RBI, eight stolen bases, 274 batting average, 380 slugging, a 93 OPS plus, and that equates to a war of 3.1. I'll take that. Hey, not bad. Nothing on this card is going to help me out at all. It says Iwamura here was a third baseman, but was moved to second base because there was a guy named Evan Longoria tearing up the minor leagues. I've heard of him. Yeah, he's still tearing up the big leagues with the Giants now. But you're right. Iwamura definitely played with Yakult. So I'm going to give myself a 10-point bonus. There. <laughs> it's the Yakult bonus. Not a lot of people know about it. It's a secret rule. Uh, good friends with Dice K, Matsuzaka. All right, so I'm at 11.2 with three cards left. I like where I'm sitting, and I like this card that I'm looking at because I think I'm going to get some good points off of this. It's another season highlights card like that A-Rod one was for you, but this mm-hmm. one is across town with the Mets. It's David Wright. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard of that guy. All right, David Wright, a.k.a. Captain America. A lot of all-star appearances, 14 years in the big leagues. All of it, of course, with the Mets. Really got hit with the injury bug in about 2015 is when it started. Never recovered, never got to play a full season after that. But 2008, an all-star year. I like where this is headed. Also won a gold glove. I like where this is headed. Got MVP votes. Even more, I'm enjoying this. Ended the season with 33 home runs, 124 RBI, 15 stolen bases. He hit 302, 534 slugging for a 142 OPS plus. That Yikes. is going to equate to a 6.9. Plus, Ooh. I get a full point for being an all star and winning the gold glove. 7.9. Nothing else. Ow. Oh, and he's got his jersey number on his sweat band. So that is a wow. an even 8.0. To take me up to 19.2 with two cards left. Wow. Spinal stenosis is what he was diagnosed with. And that uh, really kind of ended his career for the most part. Yeah, that's too bad. It, yeah, I see he is a, a career leader for the Mets in a number of categories. Yeah, one of one of three players for the Mets to have their jersey retired, too. He is the Mets franchise record holder in all-star appearances, at-bats, walks, doubles, extra base hits, hits, offensive war, plate appearances, runs batted in, runs created, runs scored, sacrifice flies, strikeouts, times on base, total bases, and wins above replacement for position players. 
So a few, he's done a little bit for the Mets is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, let's see. He had some clubhouse nicknames as well. Visine and Hollywood. Visine. Oh, I don't know. Do you think he, he likes the marijuana? I don't know. <laughs> How else are you getting the nickname Visine? Yeah, maybe he's just a guy that didn't sleep much. Dated model Molly Beers for several years and actually hmm. became engaged and married. Uh, apparently, it looks like they're still together. Wow, no wonder Molly never returned my calls. Delta named a airplane after him called the Wright Flight. Nice. Jersey number and signature were next to the boarding door. And uh, on, in 2008, he appeared on Celebrity Apprentice to purchase hot dogs for charity. All right, so I've got two cards left here. I'm feeling pretty confident. Next, I've got a member of the Oakland Athletics. It's a rookie card. It's, they're clearly stating that this is a rookie card. I do not know who this is. It's Fernando Hernandez. So Fernando did pitch for the A's for one year, his only year in the big leagues, 2008. He went 1-0 with in three games with an 18-point ERA. <laughs> he only pitched three innings. Uh, didn't give up a home run, but he gave up six earned and walked five. That's an ERA plus of 26, and that is a war of minus 0.3. Well, not enough to, to, to win the game, to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, but uh, I'm, a I'm, negative nonetheless. I'm feeling confident with my last card. Uh, I've got 18.9, you're at 15.2, and my last card is probably going to help me out quite a bit here. It is a Star Attractions card. And it is Mr. Oh, it's another guy that I think is still playing. Or no, he just retired this year. Nick Markakis. Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. 2008. Nick Markakis did. He just retired last or this year. Last year was his final year. Played for 15 years in the big leagues. In 2008, he was in his third full season with Baltimore. Very good season. 20 home runs, 87 RBI, uh, 10, 10 stolen bases. I like that. 306 average, 491 slugging, a 136 OPS plus, and all of that equates to a 7.4 war. He's also got sunglasses on, so that is 7.5. I wow. like this. That brings my final total up to 26.4. I almost doubled your score, which would have gotten me two wins. You, you scraped by. And you didn't even add up the occult bonus. <laughs> no, I did not include the occult swallows bonus. All right, so that will do it. That will get me back on uh, the good side of the win-loss column. I am now at four. You are at five. Like I said, this was almost counted for two wins because it was such a blowout, but we'll just stick with the win. All right. Yeah. Thanks. That'll wrap up another episode of Wax Packs Heroes. Let's also start to wrap up this episode uh, as a whole. I'd like to thank everybody once again for listening to us. If you want to rate and review us anywhere you are listening to this, we certainly appreciate that. Also, if you want to get a hold of us at any time, day or night, you can find us on the social medias. We never sleep. You can find us at Two Strike Noise on Twitter, Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We uh, are on all of them. We are also on the good old-fashioned email Mark's going to tell you about. Yeah, you can send us an electronic mail message at two strike noise, spell it out, T W O, strike noise at gmail.com. 
All right, that's going to do it for another episode. Uh, Mark, that was a lot of fun. I'm on a Wax Packs Hero high, so I'm going to go and clean the house now because I'm, I'm feeling good. But Your uh, wife should be very happy. Yep, yep. Got to do something to make her happy, I guess. All right, well, that'll do it. Uh, we will see you all again here next week. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. 